Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Secret Cabinet Hello, and welcome to The Secret Cabinet. What do the classic thrillers Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre have in common? Well, they're at least partially based on a true story. On the 17th of November, 1957, Sheriff Schley arrived to the old rundown farmhouse of Ed Gain. At first, he believed that between all the rotting garbage, he'd come across the remains of a deer that had been field-dressed as he searched the house with a flashlight. Seeing a deer hung up to bleed out isn't exactly an uncommon sight these days in Plainfield, Wisconsin, especially during the hunting season. The sheriff was on the lookout for Ed Yane in order to question him about the disappearance of a Plainfield hardware store owner, Bernice Warden. Gaines' name came up on a receipt from the store from the previous day, right before the 58-year-old shop owner just suddenly vanished without a trace. It took a moment before the sheriff realized in horror that that was not an animal cadaver that hung from the ceiling, but a woman's torso. Okay, but from the beginning. Edward Theodore Gain called Ed, was born on the 27th of August, 1906, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. He was the second son of Augusta and George Gain. His brother, Henry, had already come into this world years before. George, suffering from alcohol-related disorders, violent and generally unemployed, didn't have really a whole lot to say when it came to the raising of his two boys. But the deeply religious Augusta shunned her husband and raised both of her sons strictly religious and preached to her children about the sinfulness of human sexuality as well as the strain women take, who are altogether just generally whores, regardless of the fact that she herself was a woman. Since she herself, in opposition to her husband, was very diligent and worked very hard, she was able to save up money and in 1914 used it to buy a farm off the beaten track in Plainfield, where she could raise her kids 
far away from the sinful ways and temptations of the world. In school, Ed was very isolated. His mom basically blocked all attempts of his to find friends. 1940 died the unloved father. Ed and Harry took jobs around the neighborhood when convenient. Ed made a pretty good babysitter. He felt more at home with the younger kids than with people his own age. As opposed to Henry, Ed worshipped his mother, practically, which also often caused strife between the two brothers. That might have also played a role in the incident in 1944. On the 6th of May, the two brothers were fighting a little bushfire near the house. As soon as this had been achieved, Ed ran to the police and reported his brother as missing, who in turn led a search campaign. They found Henry, dead, and even though he lay on a piece of ground which had been completely unburnt by the fire, the police still believed that Henry had somehow suffocated from the smoke. No one really accused Ed Gain of a murder, let alone to his own brother. Now, even though he had his mother all to himself now, this situation didn't last very long. Already the next year, on the 29th of December, 1945, Augusta died through a stroke. Ed had a really hard time dealing with the death of the only person that he could lean on. He made her a sort of shrine where the room that she had lived in, he boarded up and nailed shut and never stepped foot in it again. He himself moved into a small corner of the house, only used the kitchen and a tiny bedroom for himself, both of which were constantly getting dirtier and filled up with garbage. He kept doing the occasional job. He got an interest in dime novels, especially ones that dealt with Nazis, corpses, cannibals. He started hanging out in cemeteries and started to dig up fresh women's graves. Now, later, he would claim to the police that he had never sexually desecrated the bodies. For that, they had, quote, smelled too bad. But he did take them home and start taking them apart, pulling their skin off and started to working it. Ed Gain was fascinated with women. They obviously had great might over men. He wanted to be like them, dreamed of being a woman. And so, in his own way, he tried to become one. And this time, more and more women started to disappear from the area around Plainfield. Sometimes it was young girls, like the 8-year-old Georgia Weckler, the 15-year-old Evelyn Hartley, 1954, a bar owner, Mary Hogan. Two years before, two men went missing, truck and all. The police had absolutely no leads. No one suspected the hermit had gain even though people kind of made jokes behind his back that he probably has shrunken heads somewhere kept in his house, where Ed would always kind of smile and confirm this. Everyone thought this was a joke. Until the search of his home on the 17th of November, 1957. From the ceiling hanging cadaver was that of the since 1954 missing Mrs. Warden. She was hung up by her ankles and hands from a beam in the ceiling, sliced open and gutted. Later, the court doctor would testify that this had only happened post-mortem. She had first been shot. Also, the rest of the house was similarly creepy. All over were human remains spread around. 
on the bedposts were skulls mounted. Tops of skulls served as soup bowls or water bowls for the cats. In fact, a bunch of shrunken heads were laying around. There was a lampshade out of human skin, with human skin upholstered chairs. A human heart, well, according to some witnesses, was in a plastic bag on top of his stove, or was even already prepared in a pan, even though Gain claimed to have not been a cannibal. There was some, some women's sexual organs were laid in salt, and shortly before his arrest, Ed had even begun his metamorphosis into a woman. By sewing together the skins from his female victims, previously had, he had already taken the faces off of the women and used them as masks. Ed claimed at first to have only killed the bar owner Bernice Warden. The other body parts in his house he had gotten from the cemeteries from body snatching. Not until being questioned for days did he finally confess to the murder of Mary Hogan. During all of this questioning, he never showed any symptoms of remorse or guilt. Apparently, he was lacking any sort of insight of the criminality of his actions. Now, even though some of this can never be proven, it was assumed that Basically, all the other missing persons also went on to his account. He never confessed to those murders, though, and he did bring the police to the robbed graves in which the corpses were either partially or completely missing. In one of the graves, there was even still a crowbar. Ed Gain was found not guilty by reason of insanity. The house was about to go up to auction in March of 1958, but it burned to the ground shortly before this. Even though this could never be proven, it was probably arson. When Ed heard about this, his response was, just as well. In November 1968, in trial for the murders of Mary Hogan and Bernice Warden, he was declared guilty, but again was decided that for reasons of insanity, he was again checked into a clinic instead. Here, he spent the rest of his days until 1984, apparently as a happy patient, Happier and more comfortable than he ever was in freedom, as they say. On the 26th of July, 1984, he died through complications of cancer and was laid to rest in Plainfield next to his mother, and also near the graves which he had once robbed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.